steps back, strides forward. forward. My name is Rochelle Solomon. Hi, my name is Zara Hoffer. My name is Maria. Hello, my name is Nicole Pinto. My name is Amanda Waters. Let me introduce myself. I'm Yao, okay? My full name is Yao Pahoy Sangwan. Well, hi, my name is Jana Moss. My name is Patty Hung. And I am Cherie Louise Turner. And together we're nine women from around the world who share one goal to run the 2021 Boston Marathon, which takes place this year on October 11th. And this is Strides Forward, where we feature stories of women runners. This is episode three of the Roads to Boston 2021 series, which is following the journeys of us nine runners to the 125th Boston Marathon. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, beginning with the trailer, I suggest you do. However, I will make sure that you have the context you need if you want to jump in here. To know, in episode one, we explored how everyone got started running in the first place. And now we're discovering why each one of us turned an interest in running into a marathon pursuit. And how this simple act of running has become an important and transformative part of our lives. In the last episode, we discovered what drove Patty and Amanda to run marathons. And in this episode, we'll find out what motivated Maria, Rochelle, Zara, and Jana. And in the next episode, we'll reveal why Nicole, Yao, and me, Cherie, also chose this path. While all of us share this common interest, and this year we all share the singular goal of running the Boston Marathon, our reasons for doing this and how we got there are all unique. So let's see how. To get us started, it's Maria, a mathematician who hails from Belgrade, Serbia. She discovered a love of running after doing her first half marathon. To note, Maria mentions the Ironman Triathlon, which is an event that comprises a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike, and it finishes off with a marathon. She also mentions the majors, the six major international marathons, Berlin, Tokyo, Chicago, London, New York City, and of course, Boston. Many runners make it a goal to complete all six of these grand events, considered the best marathons in the world, and there are incentives for those who do complete all of them. All right, now here's Maria, whose story picks up as she's describing how she felt after finishing her first half marathon. I mean, that was, I think, besides having uh, babies, maybe the best, the best feeling I've ever felt in my life. And I said, that's it, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And I, I thought that I was going to run half marathons all my life. That was the idea. But then soon I realized that uh, actually I'm, I'm not bad at it at all. And I started running longer and more. But then, of course, because my body was not ready for that, I started having injuries. So uh, I tore my muscles several times. Uh, I had my uh, tendons. Well, they hurt a lot. And, you know, so I, uh, I had a friend who told me that it, actually it's not that healthy to run every day, that I should mix that with, with bike. So I put two or three times a week bike and then I, I started running and biking. And then at that time, all my friends actually decided to switch to triathlon. 
but for me it was the problem because I didn't know how to swim. I mean, I knew how to swim when you put me in the sea and I could, you know, just this breaststroke, but I didn't know how to do crawl. And, uh, but they made me learn that. So I had a teacher and a year and a half after starting learning how to swim, I did my first Ironman. And actually in that Ironman in Copenhagen in 2016, I ran my first marathon, which is really funny. <laughs> I've never ran marathon before and I decided to do it after swimming and biking. So, uh, and I loved it. And uh, afterwards I decided that I'm going to run marathons because uh, actually running is my, my biggest thing. And I still hate swimming and I don't want, I'm almost 50 now and I don't want to do things that I don't enjoy. So uh, running is, is a big thing and uh, it's always good to have a goal, you know, and you just set a goal and then you finish with that goal, then you find another one. And that's, these are the drivers actually that uh, keep us going. So uh, uh, when I started running marathons, I, I, I just said, well, let's see what's, what's big thing here and I then then I heard about majors and I said okay let's go and what is it about running marathons that you're so drawn to uh there are several things so the first one is the the, the road to it the preparation because uh for me it means running almost every day or if I'm not running I'm I'm riding my bicycle or swim sometimes and that's the hour that I have for myself. That's my meditation. That's my time. Uh, that's the time I spend uh, in nature. Most of the time uh, I run outside and that's it. I, I mean, the, the, the training itself is something that I enjoy. So it's not the training is torture and then I enjoy the race. Actually, I enjoy the training as well. The second thing is uh, friendship. And a lot of people that I train with and, and I, I share this passion with. And it's great when you have people who understand every single feeling that you have. So it's great to share that with people who are similar to you. And I made some lifelong friendships through running. Third thing is traveling the world. And, you know, wherever I travel through the world, I run. The fourth thing is uh, being with my family because uh, my husband and my boys also run. So uh, we all love running and we run together and that's great. And the, the final thing is the point when you cross that finish line. And uh, I don't think that you can explain that feeling to a person that has never done that. So running is so important part of my life. So when I'm not able to run, I think I have a serious damage, you know, a psychological damage. Uh, running for me is freedom. It's fun. It's my meditation and it's, it's the one thing that makes me a better wife, better mom and a better leader in my job. Zara Hoffer is a nutritionist from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And she made running a part of her life when she realized she wasn't as healthy as she wanted to be. Zara started slowly and worked up to making running a consistent part of her life. Her first event was a 5K, and over time, she became interested in running further and further. As a reminder here, a marathon is 26.2 miles, or 42.2 kilometers. And now, Zara. When I started marathon running, so... 2013 was the year that I, I decided I was going to run a marathon because 
I had run a road race in Banff where I'm from and they have this annual Melissa's road race and it's a 10k or a 22k and I had run the 22 a few times where I was like okay if I feel good this next time I'm gonna try and go for the marathon and then I remember emailing a couple of the running groups around Vancouver saying like hey I'm thinking about doing this marathon in the fall the most I've run is a half marathon. What do you think? And one person responded to me saying, I don't think it's a good idea that you should do this. You don't have enough experience or mileage. And I was like, what? (laughs) Who's going to tell me that I'm not going to run a marathon? Now I'm really going to do it. And so I joined a different group um, that was just down the street from where I lived. And I remember going up to the leader of the marathon training group saying like hey I want to do this race in in the fall what do you think he's like yeah of course just join our group but I was at the back of the pack like I was always the like one of the slowest groups the last group coming in like we would come in from our long runs and the first few groups had already finished like coffee and breakfast and were on their way home (laughs) like it was hours behind that so I just always felt like I had this this a little bit of like comparisonitis where I'm like oh I'm never going to be that strong and that's okay like you're always going to be back here and just that's okay you're you know you're doing a marathon and you're doing what you can do but I think just with the encouragement of that community and and running more and I think and I should mention that I, I really struggled in the beginning with my nutrition and I just didn't understand it like I when I first started running, you know, you hear things from other people and you, you try and do different things and you don't, you just, you have no idea how to fuel. And this, there's so much weird information out there and misleading information. And once I started to dial in, I really saw a noticeable difference to the point where it's intrigued me so much that I started to study nutrition. And my goal now is to be able to help other runners actually dial in and and help boost their performance and even whether they're runners or professionals or athletes or whatever just helping people like dial in and simplify nutrition because I really don't think it needs to be as complicated as it is for me running like training for a marathon and being able to get to this point has been a marathon like it's it's been small slow progressions that have gotten me results over the this you know these last I guess eight years Although I think now over time, like I do feel like I, I know that others have looked to me and have said, you know, like you, you've inspired me to start running or to, to keep doing, doing what they're doing, because, you know, I think they might be coming out of that same boat where they weren't particularly athletic in their youth or even in their 20s and 30s. And then, you know, I think a lot of us, as we hit our 30s, 40s, 50s, actually are better and in better shape than we were when we were younger. I know that's certainly true for me. I know that I personally do so much better when I have a goal to train for and kind of like a the light at the end of it. I don't want to say a tunnel because it's not like a bad tunnel, but it's it's something that you're working towards to get that sense of accomplishment. And I love, you know, I love that feeling of crossing the finish line after a race, any race really. But starting to prepare for that and really dial in, getting a lot more focused about how I'm budgeting my time and where I'm going to be spending it and how I'm going to be training. But I think whenever I start training for a marathon, at the beginning, I always 
feel like, wow, like, how did I do this before? (laughs) You know, just thinking about the things that I've already done. And it like, it feels so slow, or it feels really hard in the beginning when I haven't been running intervals, or I haven't been running the distances that you need to, to get to a marathon. And it's like, oh, that's, that's, that's a lot. (laughs) So it's kind of overcoming that hurdle, and then kind of changing the mindset, like, you know, you've already done this, you know, that you can do this. And this is something you really, really want to do. So it's kind of focusing in and dialing in on just putting in the work and putting being consistent with it and and not letting yourself kind of fall back to complacency and and just I think the consistency for me is is really key. Rochelle Solomon is a hospital and healthcare compliance officer living in Randolph, Massachusetts. She got started running because she'd had a breakup and was looking for something to do instead of coming home to the couch. Making connections with other runners has been a huge influence on her journey. Over the years, I would say I have to mention my friend Luanda Finley. So I met her on Facebook in one of those natural hair blogs. And I had said I was doing the Diva Dash and she said, I'm doing it too. So we did, we met online, never really met up until a few years after. And then um, the running progressed to actually running together with a group called Black Girls Run Boston. So being part of Black Girls Run, you meet different people along the journey. And I happened for some reason to be under the page for... Black Girls Run, the New York chapter, and I saw an opportunity to um, go to GMA. One of their members, Latoya Shante Snell, they were profiling her because she was running the New York Marathon. So I reached out to the one of the ambassadors for the New York chapter, and I said, hey, would you mind if a few of us ladies from Boston come down to attend the GMA taping, and they said yes. It is time to meet LaToya. So LaToya, come on out. You got me, I need I'm ready to go. I mean, y'all, I know you're feeling the love from your Black Girls Run crew right there. Love that. And you are, you are so inspiring. We have to say... So we came down, watched the taping, And then we had the opportunity to do a little meet and greet with the ladies from New York. And it's like, you know, you get together with a bunch of runners and it's all, it's all things running. (laughs) And just the momentum of that group and the discussion, I came back home and I just decided I would reach out to a local organization, um, Soul Train. They're part of Trinity Boston Connects and asked them if they had any bibs for the Boston Marathon, and then I applied. Rochelle applied for a charity bib. These are race entries earned by runners who raise money for a chosen nonprofit. Rochelle's application was accepted, and she was set to make Boston 2020 her first marathon. I will add here, as a side note, this is not how Rochelle got into Boston 2021. 
For that story, you'll have to wait for an upcoming episode when we get into how everybody got into this year's event. Back to Rochelle and Boston 2020. Given that this would be her first marathon, she wanted some guidance on how to prepare. The lady I selected to ask to coach me, Gail Henville. I've met Gail through Black Girls Run, but Gail has always been a moving force within the Boston scene for um, women of color in terms of running. The passion and energy Gail Henville exudes is contagious and inspiring. The 50-year-old Boston running coach has been pounding the pavement since she was only eight years old. For the longest time, I was the only woman of color uh, running through the city. I ran through 22 of Boston's 23 neighborhoods. And for years, I've always wanted to have other runners in the city with me, particularly women of color. Gail has been named a member of the BAA's Honorary Boston Marathon. I wrote everything she said down, so I knew exactly what I was getting into. So her love of marathons and the way she talks of them really was like great to have someone, you know, who really is in love with running guide you through this process. It really did help my running. It helped having someone, because I feel like your coach becomes your counselor. Your coach will tell you to get out your head. Your coach will tell you to just stick to the training. So, you know, it helped be having someone there that was going to be real with me. A lot of my running, too, is associated with if something's bothering me and I go for a run, then I feel better at the end of the run. Often when I go out for my long runs, I'm listening to motivating things. Like if it's not music, it's something motivational. So I'm, I try to try to keep a I can do kind of mindset. Um, I just try to surround myself with motivating things. Then, you know, the challenges don't seem so hard because I'm going to do it. That's point blank. I'm going to do it. And it just sets the tone for everything else. Running has been a vehicle, not just running and for health. It's been a vehicle for me because I was never the person. I was like an introvert. And through running, meeting different people, joining different groups, volunteering, having different experiences, I've realized that I was actually an extrovert. So it's, it's taken me out of my comfort zone and allowed me to grow into the person I am today. Running's been one of the best things I've done for myself. Jonna Moss is a medical doctor from Spicer, Minnesota. She grew up in a rural part of the state, and her running journey began as a way to balance out the rigorous life of studying to become a doctor. In medical school, so I went to the... Um, University of Minnesota, Twin Cities. And that was when I really got exposed then to the wonderful world of kind of road races. Um, because in, you know, we didn't really have much in rural Minnesota. There were 5Ks and 10Ks and some halves scattered around. But it it wasn't until I was in medical school and I had some classmates that would do half marathons um, that they invited me along to do a, you know, train for a, I think my first longer distance race was a 10 mile and it, it was great, you know, then it was kind of this whole new atmosphere, this whole new um, 
climate of just look at all these runners and they're all having a great time and that atmosphere of those road races I mean it's a blast right you're surrounded by like-minded runners who are getting outside and going for longer runs and um, you know a lot of the runs go for good causes and um, that's when I really started running longer distances. All through medical school, you know, I was running um, medical school and residency. I started doing a lot more half marathons, um, had probably done 10 to 15. And, and early on with those half marathons, you know, I remember getting to the finish line and thinking, how in the world do people ever do 26 miles? I've just done 13 and I am exhausted. I, I started being able to run those half marathons and it seemed a little bit easier. And my medical school roommate actually, she ran Twin Cities Marathon when we were in med school. And I remember watching her train for it and thinking like, that is so awesome that she's doing that. But in the back of my mind, I was like, there's no way that I could run 26 miles. You know, I think it's just one of those things you have to slowly up that mileage. And, um, you know, then when I, I spoke with her and some other friends who had done marathons and really the, you know, they just said, find a plan and try to stick to it as best as you can. And um, you'd actually be surprised that, you know, as you slowly up those long runs that um, on, on marathon day, you'll be able to to make the full 26 miles. And then after residency, um, most doctors will take two or three months off to study for their boards before they actually start their, their new jobs. And so I finished residency in July of 2018, and I was set to start my new job the end of September. So I had a few months there that I was going to be completely off of any clinical work. And during that time, all I had to do was study for my boards. But that was kind of the, I looked at it and thought, if there's ever a time to go ahead and try and train for a marathon, I think it's now. And yeah, I just typed in a marathon training plan. And the first one that popped up was the BAA uh, marathon training plans. You know, they have the step one, step two, step three, step four. Um, and at that time I was, I'm pretty much a streaker when it comes to running. You know, I'm that person that I should probably take more days off, but because I just feel so good after a run that I'll typically run every day of the week, but I'll have a day where it's, you know, one or two miles and that's it. So I just downloaded, I think it was the level three, which was a basically a six day running plan with an off day and printed it out, set it on our countertop and just started checking off the days. It was great. You know, I could get up in the morning and go for that run. And then it was, it just kind of set the stage. I feel like it made my studying far more enjoyable because I could, you know, have that run, have that clear mind, clear head and be able to focus for five or six hours of studying for the, the day. I think a lot of it is consistency. It's that, it's that daily, you, you know, for running, it is every single day getting up. And, and there are mornings, of course, where I don't want to go for a run. You know, I might be tired and I think, ah, maybe I should just have, have an off day or take it easy. And But it's always that feeling of, one, I know I'm going to feel better after this run. Um, and two, it's also kind of a long-term... I know the benefits of it, you know, both physically, mentally, but also just in terms of training for, for races and road races. Um, and I think that's the same for becoming a doctor. You know, I was one of those strange kids who I, I knew starting in the fifth grade that I wanted to be a doctor. 
Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that college and med school, it, it is, it's just that consistency. I mean, I was by no means the smartest person in my class, but I did work hard and I was very consistent about doing the work that I needed to do. Uh, and I think that's where running and um, anything that just is a long process in terms to to get to the career that you want, um, they have a lot of overlap. And there you have it. Why Maria, Rochelle, Zara, and Jana all value the place that running long distances has in their lives. Stay tuned for our next episode where Nicole, Yao, and I talk about why we love running so far. From there, the series continues with episodes about how we all got into the Boston Marathon and shed some light on what that process is like. For every runner, that journey looks a little different. We'll also talk about 2020 and experiences of doing the virtual marathon and running during the time of COVID. And we'll check in with how preparation for this year's event is shaping up. Many traditional marathon plans are 100 days long, and we're just past the halfway point. When training is really ramping up and you're starting to feel fit. But you've also got some time to go. It's a time ripe for a little bit of burnout, maybe some aches, or even an injury, as well as breakout days of feeling fast and strong. It's when you might adjust some things that just aren't working for you and find confidence in what's clicking. And every single time you go through this process, it's always a little different. Seeing it from the many perspectives of us nine runners makes that clear. Please join us as the journey continues. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode and tell a friend. And of course, thank you for listening. We love telling these stories, but we couldn't do it without you. Your being here and sharing strides forward with others is what keeps us going. We also couldn't do this series without our incredible featured runners. A big thank you to Patty, Amanda, Rochelle, Zara, Maria, Nicole, Jana, and Yao. We also want to give a special thank you to the Boston Athletic Association for their help in this series, especially Chris Lotzbaum. The Strides Forward team includes me, Cherie Turner, your host and producer. Cormac O'Regan creates all the original music and does the sound design. And he does it from his studio in Cork, Ireland. April Mariner of Bonfire Collaborative does all the design work for the show, including the website, merch, logo, and social media. She comes to you from Truckee, California, and you can find April at bonfirecollaborative.com. Please join us for the next step along these Boston journeys. Until then, this is Cherie wishing you many joyful strides forward. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. 
I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you.